Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And now this booth is just filled with grace now because we have Sister Mary Karen here. <laughs> She's, you're smirking. You're, you're making a funny <laughs> face. No, no, this is a grace-filled little booth here. I'm so happy. Oh, praise God. You know, a deacon is something, <laughs> but you know what? When we have one of the Sisters of Life here, it's elevated somehow. It's just this grace-filled place. And so I'm so happy to have it's you here. It's great to be with you. So Sister Mary Karen, tell me, where, where, are, you, uh, where are you hail from? Well, um, our order's out of New York City. Right. New York City. Yeah. And, um, but I, I'm currently in Stanford, Connecticut at our, at our retreat house, Villa Maria Guadalupe. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So being one of the Sisters of Life, I would imagine that your charism has something to do with life, doesn't it? <laughs> You're right. See, oh, my goodness. I didn't get to be a deacon just, you know, because of my good looks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, um, we take a fourth vow to protect the sacredness of human life. Oh, that's and, so yeah, beautiful. It's, it's wonderful. It's, uh, it's uh, our founder's Cardinal O'Connor. I don't know right? if you remember uh-huh. him. Um, and he made a retreat down in Dachau over in Poland. And it's kind of an interesting place to go make a retreat. But he was preparing to be... Um, take a bigger role in right. life and he went to Dachau the place where so many were were killed were massacred by Hitler and mm-hmm. um, we just recently found out he was Jewish his his mother was Jewish and some might even thought that was scandalous but it's such a beautiful connection right. isn't it and cuz he had a great love for his Jewish brothers and sisters and Amen. never knew that they were really it's, I mean, we're all... Right, so he had a real connection to that place. Yeah, and he didn't know it. And also, Dachau was the place where um, the, the priests were sent, the Polish right. priests were sent. And he had a mystical experience where he says, um, quote, I put my hand in the semicircular brick oven, the places where they would throw the living mm. or almost dead bodies of these people to have them burned into ash so that they wouldn't it would, it would be like they didn't even exist right take Just away yeah, wipe them away yeah. not even a burial place and he put his hand he said i put my hand in the semicircular brick oven red brick oven and i said to myself good god can human beings do this to other human beings Mm. And he had a major gift of grace. A charism was given to him of life. And he realized that, yes, human beings, we can do this to people. And in our culture, we are doing it in many ways, and particularly the irreverence of life and, um, and for human life and abortion. Um, right. So tragic. And, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. And, and I think that experience is, is important, too, because a lot of people think when you say something like pro-life, mm-hmm. immediately we think of abortion. And, and this is a very good cause for us to be behind, right? Obviously, this is, this is a terrible thing. But there's also how human beings have been treated in the past by right. the it's, Germans and whatnot. It's, just, Hitler, uh, it's the same demon. Yeah. Yeah. And Cardinal Connor would say it can only be driven out. This kind of demon, who quote Mark nine, can only be driven out by prayer and fasting. Right. And so that's how he, um, you know, here's this man. He only worked with men his whole life. He worked in the military with some women, but he was particularly on submarines back then when there weren't very many women, yeah. women on them. And um, became chief of chaplains in the military and a rear admiral, and then 
you know, Cardinal Archbishop of New York eventually and working with the priest and working with these lay people and found, felt called to found an order of women religious. Um, you know, our vow of chastity is what we call a compensatory vow. Right. To, to drive out the demon of lust in the culture. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty beautiful. And because an attack on life is really an attack on human love. And that I, what I love about being Catholic, many things. Stop Don't smiling ask me so all much, Sister Mary Don't Karen. ask me all of them. But one of the things I love is, and what, what we've been talking about today particularly, is the dignity of human love. Like, we believe that love enters into an eternal moment mm-hmm. of worship. Um, and that when you love a person, you are worshiping. Um, Amen. But, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and, and, and we're actually, I mean, we're saved through love. I mean, it's, yes. it's the root it's of purpose. all salvation. Right? It's, our, it's Jesus. Yeah. It's, it's entering into his personhood. Well, you know what? Let's, but let's, let's talk a little yeah. bit, Sister Mary Karen. Now, did you like read some history book and decide, well, that's what you wanted to be? Oh, my goodness. Right? No, I mean, I, so I, what happened? How, oh how did gosh. Sister Mary Karen decide that she wanted oh. to be Sister Mary Karen? Oh, gosh. I, I grew up in a lovely area of the world. I highly recommend it for all of you out there. Virginia, Shenandoah Valley, and not very Catholic place, about 7% Catholic when I was right. growing up. And I really knew, never knew that sisters existed. Right. I saw the sound of music, but I thought it was like a work of fiction. Yeah. I never knew that there were sisters in the world. I don't know how. Um, and uh, so I went to college. I went to, to the wonderful University of Virginia. Go Wahoos. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I had a really wonderful time there. Um, awesome. Yeah. I loved school. I were loved that place. Were you a good place. little Catholic girl? Um, well, so I, when I went to college, I decided I was growing up. And you okay. know what that means. Oh, I, can I know. Make I experienced my it. Own decisions. <laughs> no, I can tell you exactly what I mean. We I, all I, do that. I made my own decisions. That. And, you know, one of those decisions was that, you know, I could not, I didn't have to go to church. Sure. Well, you know, the real reason why was I never knew that Jesus was present in the Eucharist. Right. How my mom and dad always give me a hard time. Like, how did you not know that? But I never knew why we genuflected. I right. never knew why we blessed ourselves. I never knew why we went to Mass. I never knew the purpose. Right. So when I went to college, I, I was grown up, and I could have ice cream for breakfast. It was a lovely thing to do. I had some eggs in it sometimes. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I, I didn't have to go to church. And, and my friends all knew I was Catholic because I, you know, I, they'd say, oh, she's the Catholic one. But, um, but it, was a, it was a name. It right. wasn't a part of my identity. Right. And yeah. so you never lived it, really, so you never understood it. And so many people yeah. go through life I, that I, way. I need to understand. Yeah. I have to. It forms my heart. Well, amen. There's a lot of yeah. people that way because mm-hmm. the, I did the same thing. I fell away at, at college time and never thought that was really relevant to me. I was born and raised Catholic. Yeah. And I was actually brought back to the church through the church fathers, just reading oh, really? history. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. Right. Well, because so it was sort of an intellectual thing. And it, yes. then, then all of a sudden it was reasonable and it made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, did you have that same kind of experience? How did you no. get back into the church? Um, okay. Well, so I, um, I was all about the money. Money, money, money. <laughs> so you've taken a vow of poverty, I see. Now I have. But back then in college, I was all about money. And right. I wanted to make it, I wanted to have a job better than my friends to make more money. Sure. I, wanted, I thought money would make me important. Okay. And it made me miserable. I've never felt so miserable as when I had so much money. And people think they're miserable when they don't have money. No, I know. It was very fascinating. And so I, I, had, a, I had a great job. I, I, yeah. But I hated it. And I hated who really? I was becoming. And I, 
all the money I had was never eaten. Were you a miserable person all the time? Or did no. maybe you just see, feel empty? Or what was that it feeling was, like? It, it could, nothing could satiate Right, you, just, you were never satisfied. Yeah, and so then from there, I was really confused. I left that job. I was like, I turned in my company car and to this guy, and I said, ding dong, the wicked old witch is dead. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I'm a little dramatic. Yeah. I, I, I'm passionate. And now, how old, how old were you at that point? I, I was just 22. I, I so got this was just last one, year, sister. Oh, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. Um, it was a while ago. Yeah, not yeah. so long ago, but yeah. a while enough. A lot of water's gone under the bridge. We'll a say lot, it that way. a lot. And then, so I, um, I went, I went to my parents' house, and I was like, "This was not my plan to take take a. I was going to work for this company, and they would pay for my masters." And right. it, it, so I went to my parents' house, and they live on a couple hundred acres in the Shenandoah Valley. And I, you know what I did? I mowed their lawn. Really? You know, about twenty acres, and I, I love to mow the lawn. That's a lot of thinking time. But my parents gave me, yeah, a lot of, and they gave me this wonderful diamond ring for my twenty-second birthday. Wow! I had nine diamonds, eight around, and the anyway, and I was mowing the lawn on the little Kubota tractor, <laughs> and I was looking at my finger with my ring on it, filigree platinum diamonds, and. Uh, it hadn't been hadn't been fit to my finger yet, and as I was mowing the lawn, it fell oh, into no. the grass. Now, before or after the mower? Uh, to the side. <laughs> okay, good. So side. you didn't hear like a clanking sound. But and it, and it fell, and I didn't get panicked. But right. it, what what hit me was this too is passing away. Interesting. Yeah, very fascinating. You are dramatic. I know. Was there like was there some kind of choir or something singing in the background? Some kind of probably in yeah. heaven. Probably yeah. in heaven because it was a grace. It was a grace, and I, immediately I found the ring. Of course. Um, and but did you realize at that moment really something important in your life yes. is changing? Yes, I did. So there's so many people that will have the moments like that, and they'll pass them by, and they'll not realize really God's talking uh, to them at that yep. moment. But you did. I did. Yeah, it's a grace, God. So did you finish mowing the yard, or did you... Uh... I found the ring, and I, oh, of course, I love to mow yeah. the lawn. I, okay. I love it. But my parents won't let me anymore. Oh, okay, I understand. <laughs> I understand. They don't. What they don't want is the neighbors to see a sister riding around no. on a mower. <laughs> my neighbors are my, are my godparents. Oh, well, that's They're good. That's lovely. all right, then. Yes, and we have an annual tennis family feud match between them. Anyway, get, you better get ready, Joneses. Yeah, exactly. Coming home. Here she comes. Here she comes, Sister Mary Karen. <laughs> So, yeah, and from there, I, um, I had a job um, at an experimental psychology school, and um, it, was, it, was at the, it was a wilderness school. My parents thought I was losing my mind. I, it was going to prepare me for a graduate degree in psychology. And wow, so you I, went from... I lived outside for a year. That's the point. Okay. I, I lived in a, it was a wilderness school. Yeah. All right. You are kind of <laughs> crazy. I'm liking you more because you like to kind of live out there on the edge. You put it all out there, don't you, Sister Mary Karen? You know, I don't know. I'm just, it, it felt like I was supposed to do it. And I went there, and there was this little girl there. Her name was Raquel. And she said, Miss Toomey, you know what? You remind me of a nun. And wow. I was like, uh, Raquel, that's a little offensive. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I, you know, I was thinking, you remind me of the nuns in Philadelphia when I went to school there. And then one day we were out um, roller skating, take the kids out for roller skating. And she's like, Miss Toomey, you remind me of a nun on roller skates. I wow. said, Raquel, that's enough. I've had enough of that. You're a little prophetess, I know. Yeah. That's what's going yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mouthpiece of God. Yeah. And then my, um, my aunt had founded a Catholic school, an authentic 
Catholic school. And so she asked me to be the teacher, and I said no. And she said, would you pray about it? And I said, sure, Aunt Mary. We called her Holy Mary. (laughs) Aunt Mary, I'll say a prayer. So stop there. You're going to say a prayer, and we're going to take a break. And then we're going to come back and find out what the answer to that prayer was for you. (laughs) Right? In just a second, before we do that, I want to remind folks at home that we've got a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email. Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzezemski, and this is another great moment in church history. It is not easy to love with a deep love, which lies in the authentic gift of self. This love can only be learned by penetrating the mystery of God's love. Looking at Him, being one with His fatherly heart, we are able to look with new eyes at our brothers and sisters with an attitude of unselfishness and solidarity, of generosity and forgiveness. All this is mercy. These profound words, spoken by Pope John Paul II, encompass the message of divine mercy entrusted to Sister Faustina Kowalska. In Poland in the 1930s, St. Faustina received a message of mercy for the entire world from Jesus Christ himself. In the midst of turmoil after the First World War and the ominous cloud of another war on the horizon, a humble little nun encountered Christ in a series of deep and mysterious mystical experiences. She wrote, In the evening, when I was in my cell, I became aware of the Lord Jesus clothed in a white garment. From the opening of the garment at the breast, there came forth two large rays, one red and the other pale. Christ told St. Faustina, The two rays denote blood and water. The pale ray stands for the water, which makes souls righteous. The red ray stands for the blood, which is the life of souls. Christ commanded St. Faustina to convey his message of mercy to the world. He desired that she make known the infinite love he has for all people. My daughter, I demand that you devote all your free moments to writing about my goodness and mercy. It is your office and your assignment throughout your life to continue to make known to souls the great mercy I have for them and to exhort them to trust in my bottomless mercy. The message of St. Faustina calls us back to the church and her sacraments. It calls us to a deeper conversion of heart and a preparation for the final judgment and our own judgment before Christ on the day of our death. Through Faustina, Christ reminds us, He who refuses to pass through the door of my mercy must pass through the door of my justice. Christ told her that after this time of mercy, the day of justice will come, and he urges us to have recourse to his infinite mercy. St. Faustina's life and writings remind us to come and wash ourselves in Christ's mercy. I'm Bess Drzezemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, made ever more luxurious by Sister Mary Karen's presence here in the corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Thank you. I'm, I'm so happy you're here. 
And you're telling these uh, wonderful stories about you and, and where you, mm. how you sort of, I mean, went from, you know, being a big business person, making all this money and to mowing lawns to, you know, having little girls give you prophetic visions yeah. and whatnot. So you said. God has a sense of humor. Right, right. And then so Aunt. Mary, Holy Mary. Oh yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Was was asked you to pray said, about this. Could you say a prayer about it? And I was like, Listen here, honey. If things were answered in prayer, life would be easy, wouldn't it? Yeah. I, you know, my whole life, I never knew that God would, you know, like you can pray and intercede, but that God would give you an answer in right. prayer. I never knew that. So she said, you know, say a prayer. And this is that because is that because you hadn't prayed really? Oh, I, I prayed my whole life. But really, but was it like that kind of a one way thing where you're sort of casting something up in God's direction? I or? think I would talk to God a lot. You okay. know, just in my, in, you know, because we live in the country. But you I never mean, really expected any kind of answer. No, I never knew he ans- really okay. communicated back uh, or n- didn't know to, how to listen right. Right. So she said to me, "This is how you know the answer to your prayer," and she was like. Um, we're going to pray for three days, whether or not you should be a teacher at my school. And if you receive peace beyond all understanding, you will know that you are called to be a, a teacher. Wow. And she said that to she you? She said that to me. She was holy. She is, she is <laughs> holy, Mary. And uh, um, I got so much peace. You could cut it with a knife like a Incredible. steak. I, I never had so much peace before in my life. You know, and that's what everyone's asking for, mm-hmm. right? right? Even mm-hmm. though they're asking for whatever they, whether it's the lottery number mm-hmm. or, you know, their, or someone's health or whatever their people are praying for, really in, in their hearts they're praying for peace, aren't yeah, they? They, they want are. peace. They really are. That's right? Because that's where you find it's joy. It's so and, available. And, that and that's amazing? why you should want it all the more. And so you felt it. I Was felt that like really it. the first time maybe you'd felt that kind of peace or, or did you I'm, recognize? I had never felt peace like that in my life. Mm. I felt security. I felt love. But peace, no. Mm-mm. So now you just kind of had to go and teach so it. So I said, okay, here I come. And it, the, the pay cut was extraordinary. Right. <laughs> I, I'd gone from making whatever to making about a quarter to a fifth right. of that at a Catholic school. That's why we should all so support Catholic schools. So you went from the, the big screen TV down to the little 13-inch black and white I went the to 70s. basically no TV. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, it made me have to move home, which was another thing I really... I mean, who would want to do that when you're 23 or something, 24 yeah. or whatever? Yeah. I don't know what it was at the time. And, um, yeah, and I went home, and it was it was the Lord. He was there. I, and when you teach at a Catholic school, I don't know if you know this, Deacon Jeff, but I, I needed to go to church. Remember, I had... I had oh, I, yeah. yeah. You didn't want to be the hypocrite, key, right? Key, yeah, key point. <laughs> Miss Toomey, which mass do you go to on Sunday? Um, um, yeah, you need an answer <laughs> to that question. You also, in our Catholic school, we pray the rosary every day. Wow. And, yeah. And so and you probably need to know how to do that, you though. You need to know how. To, I, I remember I came home from school the first day. I, I really didn't know how. I knew Our Father, Hail Mary, whatever. But I didn't know the w- mysteries and stuff. My parents had EWTN. And so Mother Angelica, praise God. I think yeah. I thank God for... How she's affected my life, I, I probably would not be here, nor would many of us. Wow! But um, but I went home from school that day and I found my 16 year old sister and I said, "Teach me to pray <laughs> Did the she rosary." Know? She knew. Oh yeah, she went to Montessori. She knew everything. Oh okay, good. <laughs> that girl. <laughs> well, thank God you had her in your life. Oh my too. gosh, well, the Lord is good. She yeah yeah. So yeah, because she had been growing up watching Mother Angelica right. when I'd been at college. So yeah, and then. Um, you know, 
then we had daily mass in the school. Wow. I taught. I had to teach religion, but first I had to get certified okay. to teach religion. Right now, how was that? What was that process like? Was that it was, uh, it was intimidating? Very intense. Yeah. Very intense. And then my aunt Mary said, "All of my teachers must have an hour of adoration, because <laughs> we the children need." To be prayed for. Now, at that and point, I did said, you say, that, what is that ration? I said, no, that's enough. <laughs> yeah. That's enough. Too much I'm Jesus. Not, I, I've, I've got enough going on in my life. Wow. And so it was from there, um, one of the teachers about six months in said, I need, I need you to substitute for me on my holy hour, Friday night at 10 p.m. And I was like, I have plans, honey. <laughs> I got plans. And I, I had good plans. Right. So she conned me into it, and I hated that she conned me into it. Yeah. I felt manipulated. And anyway, I went Friday night at 10 o'clock, and I went into the Eucharistic Adoration Chapel in Stanton, Virginia, St. Francis of Assisi. It's like the, I know the hour and the time. Wow. I know the date. And I went in there, and I said, I was really uh, a little bit perturbed, or we might say ticked off. Right. Because I, I was ma- manipulated. And I said to the Lord... Are you really here? Like, what kind of God takes the form of bread? Yeah. So people can eat him and then um, sits around in a chapel waiting for people to come and make a visit. Wow. And I kept asking, are you really here? Are you really here? And after about like 10 minutes of like exploding my frustration and anger, um, and I, I should say that. I I pro- I think I denied his pre- I denied his presence to my friends before that. I said, okay. "Oh, it's just a symbol," you know, back in the day in college and stuff. Right. And um, so anyway, I settled into the chapel to take a nap after I let him have it. And um, just as I was just about comfortable, I got the answer, and the Lord spoke into my heart, and He said, uh, "Yes." I'm really here, and uh, I've been waiting for you. He's patient, isn't he? <laughs> and yeah, and you know what? I, I was in the adoration chapel every day, at least once. After that, so all these things that you said you yeah. weren't going to do, and you had given up on, one by yeah. one, you start taking them up, and you oh, start yeah. doing this, all because some little kid said you were like a nun on rollerblades or whatever she said to you oh, yeah. in, in mm-hmm. prophetic mm-hmm. Uh, language. How beautiful that is that. Mm-hmm. Now, so you had that opportunity. So now you were just like a holy teacher under the guidance of Holy mm-hmm. Mary. And I felt the call. Really? Uh, right uh, then there? Um, so you kind of knew at that not, point. Not right at that moment. But, but in that context. Yeah. It was like I felt Jesus calling me to be his own. And I didn't know. I didn't know what that meant. Mm. I had no idea. I had no clue. Clueless. Yeah. But that's okay. A lot of us are clueless. Yeah. But you had a direction, though. You had a, you know, you, you felt you felt pulled in a certain direction. Yeah, I did. And I, I went and talked to the priest who thought I was, you know, you know, I was, I'm from a family that had some means. And I, I you know, drove my little Mercedes. Right. And, um, I bet yeah. you look good in that thing. I really did. I yeah. loved it. <laughs> yeah. I loved, I loved luxury. Yeah. I really did. I loved my leather. I loved it all. Leather interior of the car. And yet... And now I I love being poor, I love it. Isn't that I love, beautiful? I love that I own nothing. I fr- I'm free. That is awesome. I'm free. What a beautiful story. Now, how did you end up with the Sisters of of Life? Whoa, Deacon Jeff, that's another. When I was, this is, I mean, you, 
You're not going to believe this. We only got a couple minutes left here. So I hope this is okay. not a 40-minute story. We're going to have, have like part two of this with Sister Mary Oh, Karen. my gosh. Well, I'll give you a little prelude. I'm the fifth child of seven. My parents had their first four in five and a half years. They lived in a two-bedroom apartment at the wow. time, and they decided to use contraceptives. Interesting. Uh, actually, it was called Dalcon Shields. It was an IUD. It, it was a bad decision, mm-hmm. and they're free with me telling the story. And um, from that, I was conceived. Um, my father's a doctor, like I said, I think earlier. And uh, my, his colleague was my, my, da- my mom's doctor, told my mother immediately to have abortion with me. Mm. And uh, from there, my mom immediately, praise God, went to the church. Um, the church was open. Isn't that a miracle in itself? And she went in and consecrated me to the Blessed Mother. That is so beautiful. And I see, and in all of that, now, yeah. did you know all of that before all this stuff took place? Or did she did I kind of let you in on the secret? When I was a child, they always said to me, God has a plan for you. He wanted you to be born. And I didn't know what it meant until I was like a teenager because that's when this big lo- there was a big lawsuit against um, the company that made the Dalcon Shield. Right. And they, they told me, and I said, sue him, Mom, sue him, Dad. Get the- I went into Jaguar. Right, sue sure. him. I want, I want a Jaguar. I still want one. I love your honesty. <laughs> still love the Jaguar, especially the old models. And uh, my mom and dad said, you don't understand. These people are suing because they didn't get their baby. We got our baby, and you're worth more than any money anyone could give That's us. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I grew up in a real security. Again, thank God for mom and dad. Security and that, yeah. of love, yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And my, so my mom from that became director of the Virginia Society for Human Life. And so they it's really been pro-life themselves. and just kind of uh, living yeah. this life in, in, that, in that basking in life. The, um, so at that point, and so all this stuff kind of comes together for you. How did you hear about the Sisters of Life, though? I, I met them um, randomly. At, uh, I was taking my class to Christendom College for uh-huh. like a day, and they were there. And um, I, I was... My heart drew me there. I wasn't discerning religious life. Interesting. So, yeah, the sister Mary, I, the sister Mary Loretta asked me if I wanted to be on their mailing list that day, and I said, I was so afraid. I, I, I felt this desire. Yeah. But I said, I get enough junk mail. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here you are, yeah. a sister of life. And it's so beautiful, your story. And I know oh. so many people out there are kind of hearing that and thinking maybe they're being called. And maybe they need to think a little more about actually listening mm-hmm. in life. Life is so noisy sometimes. It is very noisy. And, and praise God that you listen, Sister Mary Karen. Well, and you're one of the God. sisters He's of life. And, and we wish you the best. Proudly. Thank this you so, so much. This is so beautiful. Blessings upon you and your, your order and all the things, all the good work that you yes, guys are pray doing. Pray for us. Pray we for will. Us. In fact, let's ask the intercession of the Blessed Virgin to sort of shroud us in, in her uh, mantle of love, mm. uh, that we'd be drawn closer to Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary Mother, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.